Cleans it, cleans it, sets it, slips it, fires it, flies it, tucks it, angles it, hands it, points it, twings it, takes it, floated it, dumped it, kicked it, loaded it, fed it, set it, popped it, pushed it, jabbed it, dragged it, swat, shuffled it, banged it, banged it, bashed it, chipped it, flipped it, popped it, gave it, got it, forced it, flicked it, tapped it, tipped it, pitched it, played it, pushed, pointed it, scaled it, sent it, spun it, dropped it, nudged it, threw it back, carries it, banking it, blasting it, bringing it, dragging it, dropping it, flipping it, getting it, flicking it, Banking it, blasting it, bringing it, dragging it, dropping it, flipping it, getting it, flicking it, firing it, flicking it, deleting it, playing it, rushing it, throwing it, handed it, signal it, firing it, flicking it, deleting it, playing it, rushing it, throwing it, handed it, signal it, it, blast it, block it, keep it, play it, play it, shuffleboard it, flip it, play it, get it, give it, poke it, punch it, bash it. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Congratulations to the amazing Doc Emmerich on reaching retirement. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. A little bit of a tribute to the voice I've always wanted to hear when watching a hockey game, at least in my adult life. He's never going to live up to Gary Thorne growing up as a kid, but he's a pretty good second place. Yeah, it's interesting that you and I are so big on uh, Gary Thorne and Bill Clement. Yep. And then, like, Doc is, like, the voice of our adult adult lives. lives. (laughs) Well, someone else is going to have to fill the void now there, but... I have no faith in the NHL to be able to find somebody that I'm a big fan of. Me either. Me either, so... Not that the Avs ever got Doc anyway, but <laughs> can we get can we get Chris Cuthbert to do all the games now because he's the only one left? <laughs> Man, there's got to be there's got to be a new wave eventually. We'll see, we'll see. Low key, one of the people I really like is uh, is Goldie down in Florida, but oh yeah, yeah. But I think that's more of a personal one than one that's. Uh, Going to get the national play. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on to uh, the main topics of today's show. The Avs getting a little bit more work done. We'll get to Jost. We'll get to Jost. I did want to start with uh, Hunter Miska and the goalie conversation. Uh, as the Avs ended up giving Miska a two-year deal, which I thought was pretty interesting because... It continues to push them in the direction of not going out and getting a veteran third goalie. Uh, it also <clears throat> it also collides with Eustace. That as well. If they want to bring Eustace over after this year, they would have to realistically be looking at one of Adam Werner or Hunter Miska either in the NHL or not in the org or in the ECHL or something weird. It would be weird for them to, like, first of all, this is great for Miska. Uh, yeah, this is sure. a guy that Arizona was guy. like, yeah, we're good. And they the Avs brought in on an AHL deal last year, and he just worked. He just worked and was successful, was good for the Eagles, and got himself a two-year deal out of it. That's great, great for him. Yeah. But... This for the organization, you know, right now they're in the same position they were last year, except Miska is less of a question mark and Werner, I guess, also less of a question mark, given that he had a pretty solid pro year, pro debut with the Eagles. But when you're talking about, hey, you're going to need your third goaltender at some point, are you really comfortable with Adam Werner? You know, yeah. Sackick said he was asked about it in uh, in his the one presser we got to do with them about the offseason. He said, sure. He said, we're really excited about Werner, and we expect him to, to take on a big role with the Eagles. To me, that sounds like we want to give him every chance to be our third guy. And then if they need to during the season, go out and adjust because Werner is not – he's not played well or he struggled or – hasn't taken the steps forward that they want, then then they'll do what they did last year. But Miska's contract is odd because he's 25. That's a two-year deal. If Anandin comes, if Anandin does come over next year, 
you got three guys. It's crowded. You really, you don't want Ananen going and playing in Utah because as much as it's like not a, a big problem for goaltenders to play in the ECHL, lots of goalies have played in the ECHL and gone on to make the NHL. But the problem is, is that Colorado's ECHL team is Utah. And it's the and international ice. <laughs> they are playing on they are playing on international ice. So Ananen coming over to North America, one of the adjustments that he has to make, the arguably the biggest that he'll have to make, is the different dimensions of the rink. If they were to put him in the ECHL in Utah, he's not adjusting to anything. I mean one, I agree. Two you have a kid who you left in a pro league in Europe and he's getting pro play. So you have to think that if he were to come over from that league and play in the ECHL, what was the point? Why is, why leave him in a pro league over yeah. there in the first place? And the other side of that is that 26-year-old Hunter Miska is going to play in the ECHL for you? Yeah, it doesn't seem... Uh... Or Adam Werner is going to play in the ECHL for you. He went from being the guy that you're giving a first crack at your third goaltender drop to now being fifth on your depth chart. Not a, not it's a just lot sort of, of there, but yeah, it's just kind of it's it's somebody is going to be in on the wrong end of that. Yep, you know. And then I guess mm, there's also the world where Colorado protects Grubauer and Seattle takes Franco's, and then Werner jumps to the NHL. And then it's it's Ananin and Miska. It's a lot harder to predict the expansion draft taking your goalie, unless they somehow know already, which there's no way that they do. Yeah. Um. So it's just the goalie position is just so hard because it's such a limited spot. You can only carry so many guys. Yeah. I mean, you only need so many in the organization on the pro side of things. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, they have Miska under contract, but they could have signed him to a one-year deal is the thing if they wanted Colin instead of the two. Because Francois will, will meet all the requirements as far as exposing a goaltender is, is required. But when it comes to the expansion draft. So... I don't. I don't know. It's, it's not a big deal. Like yeah, it's, right. You're you're picking at the AHL team here, so it's kind of whatever. But yeah, it's it's really and for me, I would rather they be full of guys who are 24, 25 years old, um, and not go the Michael Hutchinson route. You know, same. with the the failed starter route. Yeah, uh, I I'm happy to go with this route. But, yeah, I, same. But as far as. NHL options and, and building an AHL development system. Yeah. And, and like, this is, this is kind of how you, you want, you want to see the team getting accustomed to and planning for internal improvements, internal promotions. Yeah. Uh, right. And if, if this is what it takes to, to start planning on an Adam Werner, that's great. You just don't want it to impede Ananen at the same time because, let's be honest, Ananen is the higher ceiling guy there. Right. Like, Ananen, Ananen is getting a – he's burning a year of his ELC to play in Finland because yep. they wanted him – they wanted to make sure that they got him under contract that badly. But he did not just sign another deal with Carpot <laughs> and just stay in Finland. You yep. know, They wanted to make sure they had that he – that he was their guy. They they love him. They love his development. Why wouldn't you? And and the dude went out and set the shutout record in the Liga. Shutout time yeah. record in the Liga I, after signing. So like had a had a great year. Like is a top is a top ten goalie prospect around the league for a reason. Like Yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around him for, for good reason. He's a great he's a great goaltending prospect. So they need to you know, they, they need to keep it in mind that when he shows up, like, they want to give him ice time. It's not like when Adam Warner came across and it was like, well, we really have no idea how this is going to go. 
you have high expectations for Eustace Annanen, and part of that is giving him opportunity. Yep. So it'll be, you know, next year's problem, obviously, but this just kind of sets up for them to do whatever they want. We'll have this conversation again, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we can take our first period break there. Of course, acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the beer of he- us here at DNVR, with eight different types on tap down at the DNVR bar. Or if you want to try any of their dozens of flavors, you can always go to the farmhouse down in Littleton and get it directly from the source. Plus, get $5 off when you use code DNVR when you order curbside pickup from these guys. You can call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. every single day to get that pickup and even pick up some lunch while you're at it or of course if you're not local you can use the breck beer locator online to find a beer at a liquor store near you second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there rudo and aj talking about tyson jost obviously Signed his deal over the weekend, his deal being literally his qualifying offer for one year in a situation where he didn't have any leverage. He He's not, he hasn't been in the league long enough to have arbitration rights. So the Avs basically said, here's your QO, take it or leave it. He took it and it helps the Avs cap situation a ton. Yeah. If he was going to get a multi-year deal or sign any kind of contract whatsoever, he was going to get $2 million. And this just helps Colorado out. They He was totally fine getting $2 million before they got to Montaves. When they got Taves and they have to sign him to a deal of some kind, Tyson Jones can't be making $2 million next year. So this, this it, it financially, it helped them a lot. Um, but for Jost, honestly, this makes him this oddly makes him a little a touch more valuable when we're talking about the expansion draft next year. More cost controlled, sure. Yeah, because you're, you know, I would say I would say JT Confer's a better NHL player than Tyson Jost is today. I, I feel like that's not a big leap. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty definitive. But uh, is he triple the player? No. <laughs> but he's triple the cost. Right. And that's that's where if you were holding the expansion draft today, under these contracts, you'd probably protect Jost over Comfer. If you're the Avs, I think you definitely do. I, yeah, I, we've talked about it before. Realistically, Seattle taking cap from the Avalanche helps the Avs. So, yeah, protecting the cheap guy and making sure they're looking at. I think. The cheapest player they could take is if you protect Jost is Francois at two million, unless they just go off the board and take some AHL guy. But right, like of the realistic options, where it's like, hey, Colorado's going to be one of the deeper teams that's going to have to give up a bona fide NHL player yep. from one of the positions, you know, forward, defense, or goaltender. We're going to be able to get an actual NHL player. There will be plenty of teams where they can get fodder, or they can, you know, they they take somebody because they have to. That's why Detroit exists for this thing. Detroit plays Colorado's role that from the from the Vegas expansion draft. Yep. The Avs the Avs are going to have to just lose somebody. You know, and right now it makes more sense for them to lose, you know, for Colorado to expose a Donskoy, a Comfer, you know, guys like that where they they lose that money and they can replace the guy internally. So here is the conversation, I think, about this the seventh protected spot, since we're getting into this now with Jost. You you expose Donskoy and Comfer. Comfortable with that? Those are guys you feel like are a touch overpaid for probably a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Is there a conversation about protect, protecting Val Nachushkin, though? Yeah, definitely. You could just, they could protect him, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about it. It would be like, okay, that's fine. Again, this is this is assuming that Nichushkin has the kind of year. Has he's another had. solid year. Yeah, if he puts up ten points, then it is. Yeah, if he is, he bottoms out like he did in Dallas because he got comfortable again and and wasn't working every day. Well, then okay, you know, exposed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
easy expose and you know you I, I mean you probably I, think about buying it out yeah yeah so you'd at least have the conversation but two yeah. and a half for one year you just eat it too yeah i mean it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt too unless you really need that extra million dollars <laughs> yeah definitely um the the seventh guy i think today you knowing what we know today where we are today i think it would it would be you flip a coin between the two skin and jost yeah i i think that's fair and again i lean towards jost now because there isn't the salary dump there for the end. Yeah. Now, if this was obviously if this was a two year deal, then it would be Jost in a heartbeat, I think, like without even thinking about it. But we don't know what Jost's salary next season could be. The guy, the guy could go out and right. finally prove That's himself to be a quality bottom six guy, and he gets the exact same deal as Natushian. That, in which uh, case, you still protect him. Yeah, there is another. Absolutely another side to this where it's probably not the deal that he wanted, but this is absolutely a prove it year for Jost. If he goes out and puts up 40, 45 points or something this year, all of a sudden you're not talking about a $2 million bridge deal. Yeah. Do I think that will happen? Ah, well, probably not on the apps, but yeah, I, I'm if, look, if that happens, something, something good has taken place. Yeah. And you're not going to complain about success. Exactly. So that's, you know, and, and what makes Colorado interesting in the expansion draft is that you can, all three levels, you can argue that there's a guy worth taking. You yeah. know, right now we're saying they would protect Grubauer over Francois. Francois is worth taking. Like as a backup, $2 million, he'd be, he'd be perfectly fine to take him. It would be perfectly fine. Uh, they have to get EJ to wave. Like we've talked about Period. this. End of story. This, this yeah. is not. This is the when they acquired Devon Taves. It was. It's no longer a conversation. Before it was like, hey, you ask him to wave. Maybe he does, and then you can protect Ryan Graves, and you great. You you're fine with that. But now you're almost certainly not protecting Ryan Graves. Yeah, you're what you're asking Eric Johnson to wave the no movement clause and. Protect you protect you protect Taves, Gerard McCarr and yeah. Taves, and then who's third on that list? Let's let's say there's a world where they don't decide to buy him out and EJ won't wave. Who's exposed? Is it Taves? Is it Gerard? Obviously, it's not McCarr. It's definitely Taves. Yeah, yeah. I figured as much, but just a little bit curious how much uh, how important that Gerard contract is. Oh, I mean. Uh, with Gerard, it, it's not just the contract. It's uh, he's still also twenty three. Yeah, for sure. You know, Taves Taves is one year from UFA, um, and you know whatever whatever deal he ends up signing with the Abs, even if it's just a two year deal, you know he goes through he goes through arbitration. He gets the two year the two year award. Um, then you know he goes to Seattle. He's in the last year of his deal there. And then he's looking to cash in on a free agent market after that. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I mean, it would definitely be Taves, but you, you would really hate to trade two second rounders for a guy that you can prevent one year out of. Yeah. You like they're in control of this situation. It's too easy to just give that dude a four year deal at whatever four million you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. And then turn around and, and, you know, EJ, EJ, again, EJ either waves or you buy him out. Yep. It, it's it's just the reality of their defense. Uh, no, if if you're not you're not paying Seattle not to take Eric Johnson. No. If Eric Johnson waves and they take Eric Johnson, that's six million dollars that you have now to to take care of paying McCarr and everybody six, else. Yeah. Well, that's $6 million that you immediately apply to Brandon Sod's next contract. Sure. Wherever you want to spend that money. Don't, no, don't, don't pay Seattle to take anybody. Don't look, pay Seattle. If you're going to, yeah. look, if you're going to pay Seattle, like a anywhere between a fifth and a seventh round pick, I'll even, I'll even anywhere between a fourth and a seventh round pick. Fine. Sure. Anything outside the top hundred. Yeah. 
fine, whatever. I don't care about that. Seattle's not going to, Seattle will like take it, but that's not what they're after. They're after maximizing leverage and being like, oh, if you want us to take somebody in particular, you're going to have to make it worth our while. We're not going to take a sixth round pick so that we take Comfort. That's, and that's where you just don't engage. They take their guy. Everybody loses someone. You're done. Yeah. You just move on. Again, where Colorado's in a position that other teams aren't is that anybody they lose, they'll be able to replace internally. Yep. They lose Francois, they promote Werner. They lose a defenseman, they promote Timmons full time. They lose a forward, they Alex Newhook signs as ELC and he drops into your forward core. And now you don't have to worry about finding a place for him. Forward's easy, right? They yeah. have Newhook, they have Bowers, they have, depending on how this next season works out, maybe Cout moving yeah. into a full-time role. Yeah. Very, very easy to replace. And, and, and then Logan O'Connor still sitting there right. as a guy yeah. that has proven he should get at some sort of a look. Like, Colorado's probably wishing they had the expansion draft right now. Just to free up some of these dudes. <laughs> yeah, just to free up a little bit of this money and, and open up a roster space that they're like, hey, let's just get to using it. So it's as of right now, it's just super duper good depth. Like you get three injuries and those are the guys that you can call up. Although there's also TJ Tynan and Sheldon dries hanging around where you're like, man, I hope please resist the temptation. (laughs) Right. Plus all the new guys they signed, you know, the uh, Mika Salamaki's of the world and whichever Sherwood brother they signed. I think it was Kiefer. It would be very disappointing if those guys are ahead of Cout. Which Oh, I mean, it would be it would be a huge slap in the face. There's and that's there's still a very real possibility that Cout makes the roster. But Yeah. That's where money comes in. Yeah. Because the Avs with the with the Jost deal, the Avs are now down to five point nine million. Exactly. And so. they Currently only have 12 forwards, five defensemen, two goaltenders. So they still need to get Taves under contract. And then and they they have the scratches. Down inside two million, call it. Then you're looking at the scratches as well. Yeah, and let's it, just if, if it was if it's four million, they have one point nine million left to spend. Um you bring up two ELCs. Which is a little bit less than 1.9. Yeah. And and with the abs with the abs having the Eagles right up the road when they're at home, they'll be perfectly fine with the extra guy. If they go on the road, maybe they have that's what they use Jacob McDonald for where he can play both forward and defense. And then they carry one extra guy, whichever guy they want. My only question there is the abs had talked about wanting to keep space open for absorbing Kale McCarr's bonuses. And that does not really accomplish that. Yeah. So there's a bonus rule where you can exceed the cap at the end of the year and, and fold in bonus money. Yep. Um, it's like 7.5% of the cap. Yep. Um, that too, because McCarr is the only one eligible that 2.5 million can go into that. So they can they can exceed that they could go into and exceed the cap. I guess at the at the end of the season if he if he accomplishes all of that blah 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 blah. Well, Byron eligible too. Not that he's going to hit all of his bonuses, but yeah, I mean, he wouldn't. Uh, Byron Byron would not. I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm just trying to think. Like if they both hit full bonuses, it's what five million. So that's still inside the seven point five percent. Yeah, and I'm good. Like, <laughs> well, there's no, there's no threat of Byram doing that. I don't disagree. I think he could hit some of his bonuses, but even even getting the performance A ones or the I'm sorry, the schedule A ones would be yeah. difficult because you have to be like top four on your team in defensemen in. This the and it's like I on a you. bad team, it's it's absolutely something that could happen. But on a on a good team, I, the third year of of Byram's contract, absolutely, this is a conversation. But uh, this year, if Byram is a full time Av, I, I'm not worried about his performance. The, the way I saw Avs get hurt last year is all I'm saying. 
Byron might be on the top it's, pairing by by March. It's, it would just take it would take like yeah, for a sure. lot of production because <laughs> it's not it's not just like ice time. You know, it's sure you've got to be top four at your position and, and, assists, and goals whatever, and points and assists and for the bonuses. Yeah, ice time and and like you know all these different things. There's a lot. There's a lot to it that you have to accomplish in order to get that money. For sure. And I, I guess that's kind of where the abs are at. It's huh. I didn't know that the abs paid Byram an extra ten and a half K last year for him for him to play in junior. Didn't know that either. I didn't I don't know that I've ever seen that. That is a weird one. Um here's, here's ten grand to go back to Vancouver. Yeah, they, so they gave him a ninety-two. They gave him ninety-two k on the signing bonus, and then an extra ten k if he didn't make the team right away. It was a good deal for him. Yeah, not bad. All right, so uh, Kovalenko, Cygnus. Yeah, it which that's a, a whole nother beast of a conversation and getting yeah. to everyone that could potentially jump over, but um. Yeah, the two Avs, years from now. Yeah, the Avs are uh, the expectation is they're done for the off season. Yeah, they're certainly they're not able to bring in anyone else without moving someone out. Yep. So, barring another significant move, this is what your Avs roster is more or less going to look like next year. I, there's still going to be some positional battles. You have guys like Byram Timmons, maybe Gilbert, uh, battling mm-hmm. it out for a sixth or seventh D spot or whatever. But I think I think Gilbert um, probably planned for him to be an eagle. Yeah, same. But it is it would be hard to believe that they're just going to go so inexperienced on the back end if they wanted really either Byram. Or Timmons back there. I I just I have I have a hard time because I think Byram's going to get every chance in the sure. world to like stick. Yep. I have a hard time believing Timmons is also hanging around. I, I expect Timmons to start the season with the Eagles. Yeah, but somebody and, will get hurt. Right. They'll have a, their seventh D will be whoever their seventh D is. But when an injury inevitably happens, they need to take a long hard look at giving that time to Timmons. Yeah. Definitely. They can't worry so much about the inexperience and all that. They've put themselves in this spot. Yep. Like you can't be calling up Kyle Burroughs over Connor Timmons. Yep. Exactly. You know, you've got a last year. There were tons of guys. You had a Kevin Connaughton, a Mark Barbario, Anton Lindholm. There were guys this year. You know, there's just not the experience. There's the talent and the upside that you believe in, but not, it's not experienced. Well, and as Jeremy brings up, they were willing to play Timmons in the playoffs. So. Over over both Connaughton and Barbario. Yep. So there's got to be at least some faith retained there in playing that kid in the regular yeah. season at the very least. <laughs> yep. Um, so it would be weird to play him in a postseason game and they'd be like, we won't play him in the regular season. Right. So what? Those decisions, of course, are going to be made on a specific basis as things develop. But expectations wise, <laughs> you'd like to see Timmons high in the call up list. Uh, on the forward side, things get a little bit tighter. Uh, we've talked a lot about Logan Connor being a, a prototype 13th forward. LOC. Yeah. Yep. Seems like that still makes a lot of sense. You're going to want someone like Martin Cout playing hockey, but. How do they fit a Martin Cout into the lineup now becomes the question. Yeah. Where's the extra forward? Is the extra forward LOC at 725 or is it Cout at whatever his very specific contract number yeah, is? Yeah, whatever 16th overall picks get. <laughs> yeah, he got 863-333. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Bye. Um... Yeah, um, like no offense, dude, but we've got to have stuff to talk about today. Yep. 
Like, I don't have any thoughts about Justin Schultz going to Washington. Good luck. Um, yeah. Anyway, they're gonna they're they're in kind of a tough spot there at forward, man. Where, like, how committed are they to playing Belmar every night? And yep. if they pull out a Belmar, you know, who who takes that job? Shane Kell can't play center because that makes it super easy. But <laughs> do you, do you give it to Joe down the middle and just let him roll? I mean, I would. So I would. I mean, the biggest thing the the biggest thing if they're going to get success out of Tyson Jost is a consistent job. You know, last year, what was it? His most common line mates or a, smat- a smattering of the bottom six guys where like it was like he- every single dude in the bottom six he had over 100 minutes with or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So Joseph's is like every other young player on faceoffs. He sucks at it. But that's the can't, brand. Unless you're you can't you can't be so obsessed with winning a faceoff that you play a you you play a lesser player. Because he can win a faceoff. Well, like and, and a big part of this conversation with Jost is at the end of the last season, the Avs started using him on the PK, and his underlying numbers on the PK were really good. Yeah. If he can do that consistently, he's going to give you at minimum as much and probably more production than Belmar is. Yeah. Well, all three years of his career. Yeah, Belmar had a career year with the Avs last year at 22 points. Joe's yeah. seasons are 22 points, 26 points, and 23 points. Right. So offensively, there's more there than Belmar's ever given. Yep. So. I'm not, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, you, I understood Belmar's role last year, but I don't, I just don't think that they can be so committed to him this season. They 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 should not be. It's it's exactly why we questioned his two year deal in the first place. Right. Like we were we were very iffy at the time on signing him at all, and giving him a multi year deal really compounded the problem. We were like, and you know, Belmar got off to the kind of start where it was like, okay, we can't really criticize this, but in the end, like it's still a very meh move. Yep. It worked out okay, but. It was just okay. The upside on that move was it worked out okay. Yeah, they got as much as they possibly could out of it in year one of that deal. Yeah, definitely. And we saw during the postseason, didn't do anything. Yep, invisible, at least offensively. And you uh, have to be, I mean, you're not asking the guy to be a dynamo, but you got to chip something in. Yep. You know, and Jost, I mean, to, to his crime, Jost had the same issue offensively in the postseason. Just didn't look good. Very true. But really, the the whole the, bottom six kind yeah, of yeah. Nemestikov didn't look good. Nachushkin didn't look good. Comfort didn't look good. Those guys just really they were really just not very good in the Dallas series, especially. I think Nemestikov was the most productive of the bunch. Yeah. Well, and the two goals in Game Seven kind right. of. Or mask feet. over some eh, of these other issues. Uh, so. Comfer had eight points in 15 playoff games. Also counts the round robin it games, does. remind you, mind you, which but. he I, I think he had I know he had multiple points during the round robin. So still Belmar Belmar's okay for what he is. Like Belmar's not any great shakes. Right. Belmar's a like, fourth line player on most teams in the league. The question is, is he a fourth line player on a on a cup favorite? Right. Is he I mean, does is he a guy that you I, I just I don't think that they can be so committed to it because I mean he they lose Nieto. It's easy to just kind of like put slide Jost in there, right? Right. And well, so here's the other side of this conversation is we're not saying, oh, Belmar's worthless, never play him. We're right. saying make this dude your 13th forward, rotate in a, a Martin Kaut. And dude, again, dudes will get hurt, and then you can play both of them every day while people are right. It's it just feels like it, what is your what is your upside if your fourth line is Calvert, Belmar Jost? You're like, okay, like that's a fourth line. If your fourth line was Calvert Jost Kaut, 
you're asking for more upside there. Yeah, you're you're feeling like okay, this can still be a good defensive line. Yep. This can still be a line that that gives you a little bit of offensive pop, but it's got it's got a little more upside. It's also a line that you're paying two guys less than $900,000 on. Yeah. Whereas, so you can play Jost and Cout, <clears throat> excuse me, for less than Belmar costs you yeah. in your lineup. Just makes good business sense. at a certain And then point. when Calvert gets hurt, you put Logan O'Connor on that line and all of those guys are <laughs> making less than a million dollars. All three of those dudes, you're paying less than Val Machushkin combined. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this is how you get value out of VLCs. Yeah, talk exactly. About <laughs> exactly, and and Jost isn't technically on an on an ELC, but I mean, the qualifying offer coming off yeah. of an ELC is rare for basically a guy like him. an ELC <laughs> or a fourth year of an ELC is. Basically yeah, it's honestly, I was because I was looking at it and I'm like, this is actually really rare. Yep. Most of the guys they they take restructured one way league minimum deals. Yeah. The guy the two guys that actually just straight up took qualifying offers are Jost and Nolan Patrick. And like Nolan Patrick obviously has extenuating circumstances yeah. involved in, in that conversation. So you're telling me the two disappointments of the draft took their qualifying offers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the situation that the Avs have to, I guess, walk the tightrope on over the next couple of years is exactly this. How do they get the cheap guys in? How do they get that value? And at times it's going to come at the cost of players that they've paid more money, like a Belmar, like down the line, depending how Nuchushkin plays out, possibly that like losing a Comfer or a Donskoy in expansion. It's as much about managing the money that you're paying players in excess as it is getting the ELCs into the lineup. Yeah. Got to take our second period break here and acknowledge Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. If you like cold brew, you can get that now at the DNVR bar if you want to try some Strava before you commit to a full-on purchase from StravaCraftCoffee.com where you can get 20% off when you use code DNBR or sign up for their subscription service. They have two, three, four, six, and eight-week packages where you can get 20% off every single time. So a great deal there. It's been known to help with many aches and pains, including migraines, uh, IBS, a bunch of other stuff as well, anxiety, you name it. It has helped a ton of people. So again, use that DNBR20 code and purchase today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. AJ. For um for just quick yeah. uh Go Nemestikov took two penalties in the entire playoff run. So not too many. Yeah. This remember all those boneheaded penalties he took? Um hot take. There were two of them. I remember one of them specifically that roughing at the at the end of the second period that started Dallas on the power play at the start of the third. Like, yeah, that's a stupid penalty. But two two penalties in however many playoff games he played because he was hurt for a few of them. So let's, anyway, let's I just see. Uh yeah, two, two yeah, he had four penalty minutes in 12 games. So, it's not like this was a rampant problem. Not uh, Zadorov, Landeskog, McKinnon, Cole, Kadri, Jost, Connaughton, Graves, Belmar, Gerard, Rantanen all had more penalty minutes than the yeah. I just saw the conversation going yeah. on and I thought I was I was curious cuz I I definitely remembered the roughing at the end of the second period. Where he hit the guy after the after the horn, and it was like that was really stupid. Yeah, what are you doing, tough guy? 
But at the same time, it's not like he was taking a lot of penalties. <laughs> yeah, he had two. <laughs> like that's it. They were they were two bad, and they won that game anyway. So it wasn't, uh, you know, they survived. You know what should be a penalty though? Jerseys with the lettering across it diagonally. I'm so tired of those. Yeah, it's not my thing at all either. It's lazy design. It's not interesting. I say this because the Pittsburgh jersey allegedly leaked earlier today of their their special third jersey, fourth jersey throwback, whatever you want to call it, of them having Pittsburgh lettering across diagonally here. Here's the picture that I was looking for. I like so. Not an interesting jersey to me at all. Yeah, it's ugly. It it's just it's just blah. And there is rumor surrounding this saying it appears every team will have one retro design with reversed slash modern colors for next year. Retro for the abs would indicate Nordiques. Yeah. Uh, however, how do you, how do you feel about reversed slash modern colors? Given that we've already seen the color of the gloves from McKinnon. I'm good with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care that much. Uh, I'll, I'll get excited about a Nordiques version. If they tinker with it, it'll feel kind of blasphemous, but it'll also be like, so what? Am I still, am I, do I still want to get one? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> They would have to seriously screw it up, like stadium series level of that. Yeah, yeah. For me to just be like, I'm out totally. Not on it. They'd have to. It'd have to be this red one for you to be out on it. Oh, I saw. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I would. It would have to be that red one for me to say no. (laughs) Given the gloves, I think we're good. Yeah. Don't think they're gonna put the blue gloves with the red jersey. Yeah. Um. But. Like the show's called Red versus Blue, not Let's Team Up. <laughs> that I I don't I think know. They, I think they look cool, man. Like I'm I like, do. yeah, sure. That's these are these are neat. I would be I would be okay with these. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. The, the red one just truly hit it. I mean, could you imagine them wearing that into Montreal? Oh my god, the worst. Ugh. I do. <laughs> Obviously, this is just a concept, but that is a lot of blue on the home jersey. I would like a little bit more accenting, I think. But maybe that's just me personally. I don't know. Jerseys jerseys are one of those things that some people care a lot about. Yeah. I'm not one. Uh, I don't have any I don't yeah. have any feel for fashion at all. I like what I like. It people usually also don't like it, and I just kind of deal with it. And I'm that's, like, "That's very true." I've never been a, a fashion circle guy. Whatever for me. This is this is the extent of my fashion. Is I wear DNBR shirts on every show. Yeah, <laughs> I love when we go to the bar and we see people wearing a BSN Avalanche shirt because I'm just like, "You've been around, movies. yeah." <laughs> you and OG. They better not. They just just wear like a red turtleneck sweater, not even a jersey, like an actual sweater, Jay. Yeah, whatever, whatever they want to do. I don't really care what the other teams do for their third jerseys. I won't buy them. Drew, what's the best? Uh, what's the best baseball uniform? Since I see you in the chat, there. I'm going on uh, the DFA show this week. Oh, nice to hang out with Drew and talk about the World Series. Go Rays. Dude, obviously. <laughs> Even though they beat your Strohs? Oh, of course. Dude, they had to, they had, the Astros the Astros weren't allowed to win. 2020 just wasn't going to get that evil. <laughs> it wasn't going to get that low. <laughs> Oakland feels like a very baseball answer when you say they have the best jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I just watched Moneyball the other day. Guess what? That movie is still awesome. Yep. I saw it's on Netflix now, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yep, I was looking for a movie, and it was like, we recommend Moneyball, and I was like, always a good choice, click. Yep. So good. 
Um, we need we need more good hockey movies. Yeah, I know. that's what we, we really like. Need. We've been over it, and there's like three or four, and none of them are like serious movies. Yeah, Miracle's the only serious hockey movie that's good, and it's great. Yeah, it's excellent. But yeah, but it's like, can we get some more up in here? No, we're not doing. We're not giving the Cardinals anything, Drew. Take it back. Yeah, we already have Brendan on that. Yeah, that bandwagon. <laughs> the Florida Panthers. That's a comedy, though, Meeks. We want a serious movie. Yeah, Del Talon versus the Computer Boys would have been. <laughs> yeah. They're not really rebooting the Mighty Ducks. They're making yeah. Mighty Ducks the TV show where the Mighty Ducks are the villains. And it's like super weird because it's still Emilio Estevez. <laughs> well, and it's 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 kind of like the opposite of Cobra Kai, right? Like, yeah, sort of. They make Cobra Kai the TV the show, guys, yeah. and they were all like, like you're, you you find yourself kind of being like rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. get him, Miguel. <laughs> Get him, Johnny. Like, F. Daniel LaRusso. If it weren't for Mr. Miyagi, you wouldn't even be likable at all. And now that he's now that he's not on the show, it's like, you kind of suck, dude. So I'm, I'm just hoping that they do it as well as they made Cobra Kai. I watched that whole series twice because I was like, this is, this is downright enjoyable. <laughs> all right. We're a little bit off the rails. It's it's Monday. We don't have a ton to talk about. Yeah, we're starting into the off season. Uh, do have some more stuff coming for you this week, though. We're gonna do a a prospect rank for the Avs. Um, well, I'll put you on the spot. Who's your top prospect for the Avs? It's Byram. Oh, okay. So we we're we're different right yeah, off. The, we right disagree. Off the I mean, it's like one Byram, one point one new hook. It's real close, but oh yeah. See, I don't have it all that close. Okay, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I have new hook, and it's like by the razor's edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have new, I have new hook one. Who do you have? Who do you have three? I or I should say, where do you have Baron? Because I tried to do this I, last night. I have a hard time. I'm pretty sure I have him at six. Yeah, I think that might be where he ends up for me too. I always, I always appreciate proximity to the nhl me too because if a guy like a guy like the do i think baron has higher upside than timmons yes totally but but timmons has put together a very good ahl season timmons had a better ahl season last year than baron had a season in the queue yep and so it's like you can like a guy's upside you can but <laughs> accomplishments at higher levels have to start to matter at some point so if we were going purely on upside, I think Baron would probably be three. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It. I think you could probably have the conversation with Cout at three, even when you're talking about upside. You could, but I'd probably have him at four. So sure, <laughs> right, right. Anyway, we'll save the rest of that for the actual yeah. uh, the draft rank show. Um, other I'm thing, just, I'm just excited about it because I was going through the whole system last night, and I was like, "Man, this is a this is as deep as the Ev system will probably ever be in my yeah. lifetime." I it's it's gonna get less deep from here, I think. But yeah, um, make sure don't do it yet. But we're planning on doing another roster roast on Friday, so. Uh, if you want to be part of that, just make sure you get your roster posted on cap friendly. Mm. We are also, we said that after teams had made their moves and done all their stuff, yep. we would be doing another expansion draft as well. Yep. So I would say, keep an eye out for that. That's something um, set up. Maybe I know that we, yeah. we had talked about doing that with GMs. Yeah. If we're doing a full 31, it probably won't be this week, but. Yeah, we'll but I think that's, I, I think something like that is uh, in order. You know, we could also do the franchise thing that we did last year yep. and just kind of compare the results of them. See what's changed for sure. Yeah, because I mean, like I took, I took Elias Patterson at like 16th in the first round. Yep. He may not last that long this time around. Kale McCarr went in the early in our second round. Yeah. He will definitely 10. not last that long <laughs> this time around. 
So I think it would be it would be interesting if we uh, did a starting lineup of guys again, and and you know, yeah, definitely all sorts of stuff coming your way uh, as the off season continues on. We'll have bunch of guests on to talk whether it be av system or or teams around the league just to see where everybody stands and off season doesn't mean it's it's time off for us we're still here we'll still bring you the pod five days a week to get you your hockey fix so yep we've got a lot of different things planned for it as well um if you guys have any fun ideas for friday shows let us know we're always we're always looking to add to the nonsense that we do on fridays and, and that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. If there's stuff you guys want to see, my DMs are open. I'm sure AJ's DMs are open yep. as well. We love doing the show, but at the end of the day, it's you guys that uh, that pay our bills. So if you guys yeah. want to see us do something on the show, hit us up and, and we'll at very least consider it, if not outright do it. Yeah, like hockey things, like I'm not going to put my keyboard on my head, guys. I'll do it. I mean, there would have to be like donations to charity. And oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, we need to turn on super chats or something for for stuff like that. But <laughs> also, I would like—I would just like to say I uh, I appreciate the people who were cool about the title of our show today. We thought it would be funny. Some people on Twitter immediately took the bait. <laughs> our first comment before we were even live was the title is a lie. So, um. Some of our so if we don't follow you on Twitter, just just to get into this a little bit, if we don't follow you back on Twitter, some of our messages get put into like message requests, which I use TweetDeck and not the actual thing, so sometimes they get buried, and I just don't see them for months on end. So if if you don't get an answer, I'm pretty good about I'm pretty good about answering uh, DMs that I get. Send them to us on our personal yeah. Twitters, not Send, on the DNVR Avalanche. Twitter. It's a lot easier for us to check DMs on our personals. Yeah. The DNVR Avalanche one is controlled by like seven people. So if someone right. clicks on it and it's not a notification, we're just not going to see it. Sometimes. Exactly. We won't see the notification, and then somebody thinks we're ignoring them. Yep. <laughs> and that's we. I try. We try to. We try to get to our our uh, our DMs from people. So. If you guys have suggestions, you guys want to see some things, whatever. You guys, I get people that just DM me every day and ask about random stuff. So, yeah, I've been getting people DMing me jersey collections since our jersey show. Oh, that's and awesome! Fun. Yeah, I like. Except we should we should do like a, we should show yeah, it off and share like your a, jersey collections with us, and we'll have a show off show. Yeah, maybe on Friday we'll do roast my roster and fashion show at lunch. So there you go. That's what you guys need to send us. Now we know. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume. Of course, if you want to be part of the live show and in the chat, you can join us on YouTube uh, live every day around 1 o'clock. We've been a little bit flexible with that in the off season, so it might change up a little bit. But you know generally, uh, of course, we're presented by WGT Golf, our gaming sponsor, loved by more than 20 million people around the world. You can join in on our clubhouse. Search DNVR3 after you download from dnvrgolf.com to join our clubhouses and participate in the fun. Yeah, that's it. Hope everyone has a good rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>